0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Top shelf sports talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The
3: Fan, Rochester. We're about accountability here in the sports bar. I'll admit when I make a mistake, Gino. No, you don't make mistakes. What are we talking about. I just made a mistake. I gave Sig the wrong phone number. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> S- what did S- you say, 454 or something like that? I, I did. did. Actually, oh, exactly right. God. Why are you in my wow. head right now? Get out of my head, wow. Gino Battaglia. I no, did. No, because you,
2: you, look, you did that last week and then I accidentally started doing it on
3: Thursday. I that gave like, him yeah. our old studio number like a dummy. And so I just emailed him back saying, Sig, if, man, I'm sorry for the confusion. The number is 866 4326. I believe he is dialing into us right now. Man, I really hope that that's him because what a buffoon I am giving the prestigious Sigmund Bloom the wrong studio line. Unbelievable. Sigmund, many apologies for the confusion. I'm an idiot. I can't believe I gave you our wrong studio number. Thank you so much for making some time for us here in the sports bar. How are you, buddy?
1: Oh, good. You know, this is the time that everybody starts to care about the things we obsess about all year. It makes us feel not so weird, like we're wasting our life passing (coughs) over coach Statements in February.
3: I'm gonna go ahead and use that as my excuse for giving you the wrong phone number. I was really just thinking so much about fantasy football that <laughs> uh, I lost my faculties. I gave you the wrong phone number. Can we start? <laughs> can we start with uh, Saquon Barkley? I mean, we we see sure. the one year deal. We know how spectacular he was last year. We know that there's incentives tied to this deal. What's your projection for Saquon with the Giants this year? Uh, but you know, knowing that he's got kind of this checkered past with his injury Sig. Yeah, I think that
1: looking at his injuries, um, when he came back from the ACL two years ago, he looked like his old self, and then he had a kind of a freak injury, I think like a leg swinging around and hit him in the leg. And then last year, we saw in a pretty woeful offense. Remember, this offense didn't really have much in the way of weapons. Uh, He was able to justify what you spent on him, a second-round pick. Now his ADP is in the second round, but should rise up maybe to the late first round because there's not any holdout question. So I think with this offense improving in year two under Brian Dable, uh, we should expect Barkley to be worth that. The one thing I want to bring up, not to complicate things for everybody, is Tank Williams, who is a former player, brought up the possibility that hey what are the chances that saquon has a soft tissue injury in week one or at the very least what are the possibilities that he's just not going to play through injuries and the name lamar jackson comes to mind where lamar last year the ravens expected him to be ready for the playoffs and he said no i'm not actually how much of that was the contract situation so i still i'm not going to tell you don't take saquon barkley in your draft because he's going to miss six games. Because if he has a hangnail, he's going to mm-hmm. sit. Because he wants to, you know, to sort of show he has some leverage in the situation too. Uh, I, I think that at the very least, you know, if. if we didn't have any questions. Saquon Barkley would easily be worth a top six or top eight pick, especially if the Giants offense improves the way it should in year two.
2: Yeah. It's like w- what's happening in real football with uh, the running backs. And I, I get the argument from both sides. I understand why NFL GMs don't want to pay for that position. I understand why Ron Rex are saying, Hey, l- listen, we are important too. But in terms of fantasy, will there be more of a shift? Is it, Prudent to actually, I hear, running back zero and like wait on the running back position. What is your philosophy on where this position is headed? Can you wait on running back?
1: Yeah, you can and should. And I think that the fantasy football hive mind has already caught up to this. Uh, A colleague of mine, Ian Harditz, put out there that in the last three or four years, the average spot for the sixth running back off the board in fantasy drafts was about the eighth spot in your draft. So most of your early picks were running backs. At least as of uh, about a month ago, it was the 17th or 18th pick this year. So you're seeing running backs sliding farther on your fantasy football draft board than they ever have before, which I think is a reflection of the uncertainty and the running back by committee approach really taking over the league and even just the fragility of the position, which is part of why teams aren't necessarily willing to pay these guys on second contracts because they're kind of used up or at least most of the way to being used up by the end of their rookie contract. So I, I think that you can afford to just ignore running back, but I still like the idea of taking that one running back you can rely on, Nick Chubb, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, the rookie Bijan Robinson in the first or second round, and then use that ability to pick out running backs from the pack later on in your draft to get your second running back.
3: Football guys, Sigmund Bloom joining us in the sports bar. We always want to get pieces of offenses that we know are going to produce, and and for years Kansas City was always one of those offenses. But is there something there in Kansas City beyond? Kelsey beyond Mahomes when you get the Kadarius Tony news and it doesn't sound great. Like I know he wants to be back week one, but you're not getting a vote of confidence from Andy Reid today. You know, there there's some rumblings about Pacheco. I mean, what, what is your take on the Kansas city offense heading into this fantasy season, Sig? It's just too
1: attractive with Patrick Mahomes to completely overlook it after Travis Kelsey. And again, I think the fantasy football community is showing this by even Kadarius Tony was going at the earliest in the seventh round. So Skymore becomes a lot more interesting now as probably the front-line slot receiver in year two. They're going to put more on his plate. And whether it's Jarek McKinnon, who was a league winner in December last year, or Isaiah Pacheco, who sounds like rare raring to go after his two off-season surgeries, you know, these are also guys... Pacheco 7th, 8th round, McKinnon 10th round. And then I'm going to bring up Richie James, who's just been a sensation in OTAs and now carrying it over to camp. And I think that Richie James is the guy who maps well to what they're going to be missing if Kadarius Toney is out. And you know, when he's back, how long is he going to be back for? James is almost free in drafts right now. And that makes it easier to stomach Taking someone from this offense where we know that Kelsey is the only real constant week to week.
2: Sig, uh, you know, in fantasy baseball play, they talk about position scarcity. Like, if you have a catcher that can, you know, like Murphy from the Braves doing things this year, that's an event. Like, like, when you brought up Kelsey, like, how soon is it? How soon is too soon, I guess, with, with Kelsey, like, in the first round? Because I would think there's a, a huge gap between Kelsey and whoever's next on someone's board.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Maybe there isn't quite as big of a gap. We can talk about Mark Andrews, but I, I think Kelsey in a typical point per reception league is a totally viable pick as early as number four or five, maybe even number three, depending on what you think of Cooper Cup in the Rams offense or Tyreek Hill. Uh, but Mark Andrews is set up for a lot of success Todd Munkin should have the Ravens offense in the 21st century now. Greg Roman was backwards looking as an offensive coordinator, and Mark Andrews has always been the featured receiver in that pass offense. Yes, Odell Beckham's there. Yes, Rashad Bateman's there. It's another guy we wonder if he's going to stay healthy. They have the rookie, Zay Flowers. But Mark Andrews really could close that gap on Kelsey this year. And then with Kelsey, there's always that idea with age 33, going to turn 34 during the season. And when players get to that point in their career, sometimes it's better to be a year early getting out on them than a year late
3: sigman we want to find value when we're drafting we want to you know try to to get somebody late that doesn't cost us a lot that's going to produce for us throughout the entirety of the season as much as possible And, and when we talk about the quarterback position who do you think presents the most value as you're drafting and why is it deshaun watson
1: Yeah, right. Well, we could say the same thing. You could end that question with Trevor Lawrence. You could end it with Justin Herbert. Those guys are all going off the board outside of the top five quarterbacks. Herbert was going in the top three last year. Watson was going in the top five a few years ago. Lawrence has added Calvin Ridley and should only get better. But I think you can even go a step past that and look at Geno Smith, who has now uh, three receivers with Jackson Smith and Jigba. And Shane Waldron, who comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree, knows a lot about putting together a good running game with three wide receiver sets. Uh, Jared Goff, how many weapons did the Lions get this Mm -hmm. offseason? And they keep losing cornerbacks. I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's going to be okay, but Emmanuel Mosley, one of their big pickups, looks like he's slow to come back from his ACL. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts. And then I have to mention Anthony Richardson, who's the most physically talented quarterback prospect we have ever seen. We saw last year with Justin Fields, you can be a woeful passer, and still be a fantasy football force if you're a runner. And we know that Shane Steichen is not afraid to feature his quarterback as a runner. Yeah, it, it, amongst all quarterbacks,
2: it was Fields leading the league in rushing last year. And I've heard the analogy of Justin Fields to Jalen Hurts. Do you subscribe to that? Where are we in the development of Justin Fields?
1: I think that it's, he's going to improve, the only question is how much. He's going off the board as the fifth quarterback, usually the big three, Allen Hurts and Mahomes will go, and then maybe within a round or a round and a half, Lamar Jackson will go. And then you might wait a round or two before we see Joe Burrow and Justin Fields go. And with Justin Fields, you've added DJ Moore. It's the second year in Luke Getz's offense. This offensive line Going into the season, finally for the Bears, it is an, an obvious liability. Things are starting to settle down there. So I do think that Justin Fields, quarterback one overall is within his range of outcomes. The one thing we underestimated with Fields is that he has that Michael Vick explosiveness as a runner, where once he gets in the open field, it's not, you're not sure when he's going to get tackled. He can easily stretch these 50, 60-yard gains out. I think he might have hit the highest miles per hour of any quarterback last year as a runner. So I'm all for Justin Fields being your plan at quarterback because with DJ Moore, much like AJ Brown was added for uh, Hertz last year, you now have a legit number one wide receiver. All of the reports are that their relationship is terrific, and that could really open things up in this pass offense.
3: Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys joining us in the Sports Bar. Sigmund, when we look at backfields, there's, there's certainly been some, some shifting in terms of star players no longer with the team that we know them with. I'm curious as to what you think about the backfields now in Minnesota. Minnesota in in Dallas and and there's a name that not a lot of people are talking about that maybe they should be talking about and that's the guy that's behind Nick Chubb in Cleveland. What can you tell us about Jerome Ford? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, in Minnesota, Alexander Madison's only going to cost you a fifth or sixth round pick based on his track record when he has gotten to start, and again, this is a second-year offense under Kevin O'Connell. They should be more fluent in all the concepts he wanted to install. Uh, I think he's a fine uh, pick there. I think there's a lot of running backs in that fifth, sixth-round range that look pretty attractive at their prices, just picking your favorite. Tony Pollard, if he continues to fall to the second round, I think that's almost a slam dunk, especially if he didn't go running back in round one, just because of what we've seen in a limited sample size from him, and Dallas showing us with a lack of moves that they really trust him to handle most of the load this year. Uh, Jerome Ford's interesting. You know, I think he was at um, Cincinnati, but he was an Alabama recruit, and he was a, definitely uh, considered a top prospect among high school running backs. And Cleveland seems, again, let's look at moves or lack of moves speaking volumes where you know, Dearness Johnson's gone, Kareem Hunt's still out there, they haven't brought back Kareem Hunt, so they... Trust Jerome Ford as the number two back, and Nick Chubb injuries happen. Uh, this is going to be an improved offense with Deshaun Watson, so Ford should be a priority pick in the last five rounds of your draft.
2: Sigmund Bloom, our guest here in the sports bar, uh, as uh, tomorrow we're going to be uh, broadcasting live uh, from Bills training camp, and uh, certainly we're going to be keeping an eye on the, the skill players. And I'd just be curious to get your thoughts because uh, we know who's going to be number one in targets. It's going to be Diggs, but. How do things kind of get divvied out after that? Um, you know, Who could we possibly get uh, from this Buffalo Bills roster that could provide some value? I mean, could Gabe Davis kind of slip? Is he really going to be the number two? Could it be Shakir? What about Dalton Kincaid? How do you see the target shaking right. out here?
1: Right. I think with Gabe Davis, if you buy into the idea that he was hurt last year and we really didn't get to see the player that he could become, uh, and now that he's probably three, four rounds cheaper than he was last year. Last year, he was more like a fourth, fifth round pick. Now he's more like an eighth round pick. I'm okay with that. But the Bills have a good problem for... The NFL that is a bad problem for fantasy, they've added a lot of names this offseason that should improve the pass offense. Dalton Kincaid, Trent Sherfield, who I know they love as the number three receiver. He can also add a lot as a blocker as I think they're going to recommit to the running game with the addition of Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. Uh, they've got Shakir, you mentioned he was sensational. Deontay Hardy. Don't forget Deontay Hardy, you know, after Naeem Hines went down, which I hated to see, especially how he went down. Uh, they said they might not use Hardy on the return game as much to fill in for Hines because they had a big role planned for him. And guys, he's the one true field stretcher they have, a true deep threat. Uh, So I think you're going to see them use all these guys. And it might be frustrating for fantasy, but it allows them to have a week-to-week game plan to attack the defensive personnel, the defensive scheme that they're facing that week. So you cross out all those guys, kind of canceling each other out. And I think James Cook is probably the next most interesting player after Diggs in this Bills offense because... I look at last year, I don't think he was disappointing as a rookie. I just think the Bills don't trust their rookies that much. I think they're ready to trust him. And I think without Hines, he's going to get most of the work in the passing game for the running backs.
3: Sig, uh, we got another bit of news from this afternoon when we hear these coaches and GMs speak. Our ears all perk up. We want to know what's going on. Brock Purdy should be at camp without any limitations, which... Man, it feels pretty miraculous considering the last time we saw him was, was with that banged up elbow and everything that he's gone through here this offseason. I think it's relevant because there's a lot of weapons there that hinge on their success hinges on, on whether or not Purdy can get them the ball. So are you a Brock Purdy truther? Do you think at some point defenses figure his game out? What did you see out of Purdy down the stretch last season for the Niners and what does it mean for guys like Debo, Brendan Ayuk, certainly George Kittle?
1: I think that I, I wouldn't call myself a purdy truther, but obviously he's a quarterback who understands the concepts and the why, the how of the Kyle Shanahan play designs and play calls. And if the play is executed, well, the plays work. And I think that as a, from a fancy perspective, he helps the ceilings go higher. But Debo Samuel, Brandon, I, George Kittle, who by the way had his first healthy offseason in forever. So maybe George Kittle is a guy that should be in that tight end conversation, too. Uh, Trey Lance, it's so difficult to discern, guys, because you'll hear some people say kind of a whisper campaign. San Francisco is out on him. They don't trust him. The league doesn't trust him. Nobody really wants him. Then you hear other people say, hey, my evaluation hasn't changed from when we had him as a top five pick. And he just hasn't gotten an opportunity yet. So it's really tough to figure out. I do know this. You can get Lance in the last round of your drafts, and whether it's via injury or a surprise quarterback competition, uh, Lance would be a top six fantasy quarterback if he was a quarterback in that offense. Sigmund,
2: I'm just curious, um, how, because we are in a bunch of different leagues. And you know what I've gotten really uh, accustomed to here trying different formats i'm really enjoying the yeah. guillotine league super flex that adds a different one what are some of your formats and if we're kind of searching around what should we try out here
1: yeah i'm glad you mentioned guillotine leagues my uh, friend paul chargian pioneered that format and what's really neat about guillotine leagues is it has that mortality every year every year every week one team is eliminated so you, when you set your lineup, you're setting your lineup for your life, and then that team's players are available on the waiver wire. So it's one of the rare leagues where you might get Christian McCaffrey on the waiver wire. You might get Justin Jefferson on the waiver wire. So those are really fun and it really heightens the urgency around every decision that you make. Um, I like IDP leagues. I like leagues where you use defensive players just because it gives you an excuse to geek out on learning defenses, learning defensive schemes and roles and players, and it really adds a lot of richness when you watch. The game. So whenever you understand everything that's happening on the defensive side of the ball, and you know the stories behind the players on the defensive side of the ball, then just more presents itself as meaningful when you're watching the game. So those leagues where you start 11 defensive players, a full defense, especially if they make the scoring so that they score roughly the fantasy points of offensive players. That's my favorite format.
3: Sig, we know that uh, you're doing God's work, uh, getting us ready for our drafts here at footballguys.com and the Audible, the the Football Guys podcast. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on, what we can check out, how we can be a part of Football Guys community.
1: Oh, yeah. And we've, you know, we've got our free newsletter where Joe Bryant and Cecil Lammy and I just give you our takes on the news. And the news is going to be becoming a fire hose. So we're going to be like Isaac the bartender on the love boat. We're going to make a little cocktail out of that and make it something digestible for you instead of the fire hose of news that we see if you just take it all head on. On the Audible, we're doing our uh, preseason watch list where we go over every single team, one episode per team. We go over every skill player. We've got some fun shows launching now. The Football Guys show on our YouTube channel you can subscribe to. Those are free uh the, the dynasty show is starting up this week so you know we just love fantasy football and it, it, we want to share that love with everybody and this is the time of year when a lot of us have those brain cells pop and it's the last thing we're thinking about before we fall asleep and the first thing we think about when we wake up
2: Sigmund, what is this avatar what are you using i've
1: seen this for a bunch oh, of years yeah. that's a sigmund, the sea creature right sigmund the sea monster yeah sigmund the sea monster was one of the few fictional characters that I share a name with. And Sigmund the Sea Monster was Sid Marty Croft, for those who are old enough to remember. Yeah. Psychedelic kids. Land kind of, of the Lost. The early right, right. H.R. Puffin stuff. Yeah. And Sigmund the Sea Monster was a sea monster who wouldn't scare people. So he got kicked out, and he <laughs> lived in a treehouse with kids who had to hide him and keep him kind of incognito. And I like sharing... Uh, name with a character like
3: that. I love it. Sig, <laughs> you're the absolute best. Th- thanks you for making some time for us. Sorry about the confusion with the phone number. We hope we get the chance to talk to you again here real soon. And, and if we don't, best of luck this preseason. Can't wait to uh, catch up again soon. Uh, always a great time, guys. Thanks. You got it. Sigmund Bloom, football guys. And and re- really, like, I don't know, I've been advocating for football guys for years. Like, I just love the work that those guys do. Sigmund is like the brains. The knowledge that you gain just from listening to that guy talk about football is fantastic. He is one of the best, one of our favorites. Glad to have him on with us. And hopefully you're a smarter football fan because of that conversation.
2: We've got a loaded show here. We've got Matt Perino coming up next hour as the Bills uh, players, coaches, reporting to Fisher today. So we'll get a Bills update. We will also talk to our nemesis, Jay Binkley, (laughs) 610 Sports in Kansas City.
3: Takes on tap next with I'll drink to that. Stay in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Odyssey has sports for everything. Fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country, and get the inside scoop from experts. A U D A C Y Odyssey.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.